Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Neveker. In this episode, I speak with Anne about her 41-year-old identical twin daughters, Kay and Karen, who have spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Sadly, Kay passed away two months ago, but I had the privilege of meeting Karen. I am inspired by the strength of Anne and her commitment to keep Kay and Karen at home, rather than following her doctor's advice and institutionalizing them as infants. So Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me for an Orange Sox interview to talk about your daughter, Karen, who has a spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. I appreciate it. Thank you. So when did you find out that Karen had this diagnosis? Not until they were about three months old was when they finally labeled it. Okay. But we knew that there was something wrong within eight to 12 hours after they were born. She has a twin. She had a twin. We just lost her on October 27th of this year. So when I say they, that's who I mean. But yeah, they were both born, natural birth and everything. Karen weighed 7'5", Kay weighed 6'12". They were just beautiful. They were just, like I said, the talk of the hospital. That night, when my husband was there, we were feeding them and they acted like they were gagging on the milk. So we called the nurse in and they said, let us take them and we'll watch them and then we'll bring them back to you in the morning after we've observed them throughout the night. We didn't realize at that time they were probably having seizures where neither one of us had ever seen a seizure. Later on during that night, there was an RN that had come from the NICU into the regular baby nursery and she was standing there looking at Karen and Kay and Karen had a seizure while she was standing there. So she immediately called the doctor on call and they moved them into an ICU nursery to monitor them. And so it was the next morning when I knew that there was something wrong. With both of them? With both of them. Okay. Were they identical to Yes, they were. Okay. So when did they actually get a definitive diagnosis then? We had them home for two weeks and then we would take them back periodically about once a month and it wasn't until then that you know they basically labeled it as spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Okay. What were your thoughts when you got that diagnosis? It was before that and the doctor that was over them came in and he said that they weren't going to amount to anything and that we should put them in a home and forget we ever had them. And I literally came unglued. And I told him that the Lord had given me these two babies and that they were my responsibility and that I was not gonna put them away, that they were mine and I was going to do whatever I had to do to take care of them. 41 years later, 41 years later. <laughs> What's been some of the challenges that you've had over the last 41 years with twins with this diagnosis? Keeping them well. Little Kay, she was always my respiratory one. It seemed like she contacted everything that anybody brought through the door. So we had to make sure that, you know, we 
put signs up, if you're sick, please do not come in, you know, and so we kind of monitored things pretty close. And then just their physical therapy, whatever their little bodies as they grew needed, then we would assess the situation and decide whether it was for their benefit or ours, you know, and then we would go ahead and do whatever we needed to do for them. One incident, um, little Kay breathed and swallowed at the same time and so she was always aspirating you know where she was eating you know I would send their food to school and things like that but they were always you know saying that it was so hard to feed her and so there was a year that I had to go over every day and feed her at school so that she could eat there was a child that we knew and we had seen her and she was so frail and fragile. And then the next time we saw her, which was about three or four years later, she was such a fine, healthy young little girl. And I asked her parents what they had done and they said that they had put a feeding tube in her. And so in April, I had taken Kay to a doctor and he was a gastrologist. He said that putting a feeding tube in her was not a big deal. He did 30 of them a month and it was not a big deal. And so it took me from April clear to October of that year to decide that it was for her benefit and not mine. After we did have this feeding tube put in, she just thrived, she just thrived. Any different challenges with Karen? She loved food and she ate very well until probably about the last seven years. And then she decided that she wasn't gonna eat anymore. That's when I said, well, I'll put a feeding tube in you. And so now they were both fed with, through a tube. She had the ability to swallow and was able to take on that challenge. And so she loved food and it wasn't an issue. And so Ann, tell me about the passing of Kay and how that has impacted you now that she lived 41 years and now she's gone. What effect has that had on you and your family and Karen? At first, they weren't supposed to live a year. They weren't supposed to live to three. They weren't supposed to live to be five. And then they weren't supposed to live to be eight. And so finally, I lost it with a doctor one time. And I said, look, they're going to be here as long as God wants them to be here. So I don't want anybody telling me that they're not going to make it through this. And I says, because I'm going to fight tooth and nail for their lives here on this earth. And I says, and if God wants them, he's going to have to do something drastic. I've always felt that. And so with little Kay, where they're not mobile, one morning I went to pick her up to brush her teeth and give her a drink, and her little arm broke. And so we had to take her to the emergency room, and they would not touch her because her little bones are so fragile and so porous. And so because they don't walk and they don't wait bare, their little bones are that way and so she ended up with a blood clot that came from the arm into her lungs and that was what finally took her. It's cut my work in half. We miss her so much. At first there was guilt, yes, but it was something that I had done every day, three or four times a day. So the guilt didn't stay there very long because I knew that if it hadn't been me, it could have been somebody else. And I was so grateful that it had happened to me and not to a trainer because 
I don't know if a trainer could have gotten over that guilt of look what I did to her. And with me, I knew, I knew that for it to have happened, it had to be out of my control because it was something that I had done every day. And so I knew that our Heavenly Father had a hand in it because everything that had taken place from the time it happened till the time she passed away, it was just like it had followed a script. And so Karen, I think she still sees her. She misses her. I think she misses the conversation. They would sit here and talk back and forth a lot. And I think that she misses her in that aspect. But I haven't noticed a big change in Karen. We are able to take her out. I am able to take her out by myself. So, you know, that's been beneficial for her where before I couldn't really do both of them, I would always have to have somebody with me. And so for Thanksgiving, I was able to take Karen and we went to California. We drove to California for Thanksgiving, spent the week with my son and his family, and we came home and found out that she loves to travel and she loves hotels and She's a very great traveling companion, so it has been an eye-opener. So what have been some of the joys? They're always happy. Didn't matter how bad your day was going because they always were happy and they made you happy. They brightened the room. You walked in and they made your day. Like I said, they were always happy. Glad to see you. Just the smallest thing made them happy and it just made you want to be around them. So tell me about the impact that Karen and Kay have on the rest of your family or your other children or your immediate family. We only had an older daughter at the time, and so she was three years older than the girls. And those first years of the girls, it seemed like we faced a lot of things. They had pneumonia, they caught everything childhood diseases, I mean, just anything that came around. And so my parents basically raised my oldest daughter for a while. I mean, I just couldn't give her the attention that I needed. And she loved being with grandma and grandpa, and so they did. And my parents were right there, and my husband's parents. My husband, he had another kind of a view over it at the time. He kept wondering what he had done to have children that were like these girls. I am LDS and he was Catholic and so he didn't look at the situation from my point of view or from you know the way I was raised. I felt them as a blessing where he loved them dearly, he did anything he possibly could do for them, but he didn't realize the blessing that they were to him until later on in life. He was always there for them he made sure that they always had what they needed. His job took him out of town a lot, and so he was not around a whole lot, you know, all through their growing up. And my mother, she helped me out a lot. I had a little sister that came in and babysat for me and took care of them. She was awesome. Family members, you know, they supported us. They loved them. They thought they were a riot. They all just didn't quite know how to how to handle them or anything, but they were always very supportive, you know, of everything that was needed. So if I were to come to you seeking advice that I just found out that I have a child with a similar condition, 
what advice would you give me? I would probably tell you right off to contact first people with disabilities, you know, the state with disabilities, because you're going to need help down the road. When they're little, you can transport them and you can do things, you know, with them and you don't really need a lot of outside help. But as they get older, you know, that's when they needed wheelchairs, you know, and they grow out of wheelchairs and they don't walk. They do nothing for themselves, their total care. And so you need to look at your home and say, okay, this is going to be fine for a while, but it's not going to last. And so there's different things as the years went on that we had to do to accommodate the situation. I think that that would be my first thing is contact the state, let them know what you've got and get on the books, get on their waiting list so that you can get support and stuff like that because you just can't do it by yourself. We have so appreciated the help that we have received from the state. We have been able to keep them in our home. We have been able to have them with us through their whole lives. If we had not had that help, who knows what we might not be able to do. Interesting. So, any final thoughts? Just the blessings that we have been blessed with over the years, the knowledge of what they have given me and what they have taught me, the love, unconditional love, and the love that you can give others. Having them, you have more compassion, more acceptance of people that don't walk like me, talk like me, you know. And I've truly have been blessed with them and because of them. As I was picking up my recording equipment, I talked with Anne about all the work, time, and sacrifices she has done over the past 41 years in providing total care for Kay and Karen and asked, was it worth it? Without hesitation, she said absolutely and indicated that the blessings gained far outweighed the efforts. Thanks for listening to this episode. Boring Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.